millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. That's the second time it's gone off. Never go home. They never go home. They never go home. Those, those, those boys. The second captain's world service. That's yeah. <laughs> they have asked for that, really. Uh, you can laugh. I'm the I'm a little bit of an idealist, but having said that, I want to be like me. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? I'd say it to your face, not say it to you now. What are you doing down Twanfield? What are you doing down here, you Johnny man? Trophies, Ken. Trophies. Trophies. They are the currency which is used in this beautiful, beautiful game. The only currency that matters. And it was a weekend that went a fair way to deciding where said trophies are going to end up. At the end of this season For the first time in the history of the FA Cup It's going to be a Manchester derby In the Wembley mm. showpiece Showpiece, Ken As City and uh, United won their respective semi-finals It will be the second leg of the treble That City will be in a position to win If they win the league As now looks increasingly likely After the, and I'm going to say Elite tier bottle job That Arsenal served up for us on Friday night oh. Going 2-0 And then 3-1 down Before coming back to salvage a draw Against bottom side in the league Southampton at home. And then there was Newcastle 5, Spurs nil after 22 minutes yesterday. No trophy, but in some ways, Ken, Champions League football is a kind of trophy, as Arsene Wenger once memorably said. Hmm. Uh, I'm just glad it's Owen that's taken the day off and not second captain's director of football, Ken Early. Hello there, Ken. Football, bloody hell. Yeah, that, that, um, that Newcastle Spurs, <laughs> you know. Uh, <laughs> wow. I mean, there was a lot going on this weekend, Ken. There really was. Yeah, there. Yeah, there. There really was. The Newcastle Spurs. I think we should talk about that in more detail today because it was really. They were pathetic. Well, they really. <laughs> they, I mean, really look, they really were. Really were. So yeah, we can. There's a, there's a full set of Premier League fixtures this week, including Man City against Arsenal on Wednesday night, which will either reignite or, let's face it, decisively end this title race. You'll be able to hear about that with us only if you're a World Service member. So why don't you have a think about joining us? It's a five or a month plus fat, depending on where you are in the world. For now, though, Ken, why don't you, uh, why don't you report on some sport there? Well, I suppose we should start with Tottenham. I mean, it wasn't necessarily the most high-profile game of the weekend. You know, there were some... some FA Cup semi-finals. Yeah, one you know. a complete non-event, the other nil all. Uh, but a very yeah. good game, though. Yeah, it was a good game. I really yeah. enjoyed the game. Brighton were, I would say, unlucky. But yeah, it is amazing though how many players are just missing the goal completely. Like um, since Harry Kane did that, you mm. know, it's just. And then we've seen too many did it in the final of the World Cup. Um, 
Salah uh, did it recently. Saka, Haaland. Haaland, yeah. <laughs> and Sonny March. Yeah. I, I have to say, Webster and Dunk, one after another as the Brighton penalty takers. I mean... I mean, I'm not going to tell David Gea how to do his job, right? I would never in a million years dream of doing that. But let's just presume the two massive lumps that play a centre-half for Brighton are going to put it... They're not going to kick across their body. They're going to take the easy option and they're going to... If they're right-footed, they're going to side-foot it to their... You think that's the easy, you think that's easy option? That's the I easy option. Lot, I think a lot of people would disagree with that, would say the, the natural side to go is to go across mm. the body. I think when you're taking a penalty, safety first... And that's, what that's basically what we're talking about there. Those lads weren't going to miss the target. You, mm. there, it's in, in ways more understandable for Haaland or Kane or someone Solly to... March. So, and Solly March. To, to blast it over. Because it's like, you know, I, I'm good enough to, to, you know, to, to really go for the, hardest, the ha- highest possible tariff here to ensure that the keeper, even if he uh, dives the correct way, isn't going to save it. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I can see the metric there. With the two big lumps, though, I was walking up going, De Gea just... Dive to your left. But why are you saying but these these two big lumps? Have you seen these lumps? I know they're brilliant. They're, Have you seen them? Yeah, they're, they're, I mean, it's ridiculous what they're doing. You know, the whole the whole game. What they're mm. they're, they're practically like um, everything short of actually just juggling the ball <laughs> to, to try and make Martial come mm. and you know, come on, Martial. You know, nothing's going to happen until you come over to yeah. me. That's the way it is. And you know, there wasn't another moment when when I think it was Dunk he fell over something happened to him and he got up. And he and he decided to stretch himself out by by t- touching the ground. I don't know if you if you saw no, this. I mean, he's no. a big man. He's a big man. He literally he could have put his elbows on the ground. <laughs> it was amazing. Wow. Yeah, he just he just doubled. He just jackknifed. It's like that is. It's like that. Well, this guy's really flexible. <laughs> Man, I shouldn't probably be impressed by this. Yeah, show. Yeah. I mean, I, I, you you compare too many age, things to yourself. This is literally the most impressive part oh, of the football. Look how elastic this guy is. You yeah, know, he's so big, but he's, he's in he's in admirable condition. Mm. Um, and Brighton generally just were really good. I think they they really could have done with Big F. Mm. There was a couple of moments. Yeah. You know, there was a cross which Welbeck didn't sort of go, or go, was it a kind of a rebound into the area? And Welbeck is just not not there. He's never really been that type of a striker. You know, one who reacts quickly mm. to little opportunities right in front of the goal. Yeah, he's he's more of a of a guy who ranges all across the opposition half, doing damage. Mm. You know, just that concentrated goal scoring area. Yeah, and then there was the moment when it when it was I think um, Caicedo with a quick little pass into Undav, and this is it. Yeah. Here's the goal. And the and touch. As quickly, as quickly as the chance presented itself, the chance was gone. The touch was just so bad. And whoever, um, which I can't remember which of the United defenders got across to to um, intercept. Um, United were just under so much pressure for so much of the game. And then it's just that question of there's no, there's no one who can, you know, even Matoma had heavy touches. Mm. There was a couple of heavy well, touches. Well, the one in extra him. time. Was this the one where he swept the leg of De Gea? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't the first time as well, you know. Um, uh, he, yeah, he didn't have his best. Uh, his now, Wamba Saka was very good up against him, to be fair. Yeah, although I thought he gave it to him a bit. You know, I mm. saw that James Madison is saying Wamba Saka is the best one-on-one defender in the world. Um, people run out of ideas against him, mm. but I don't think it was ever Matoma's idea to just, you know, wooden foot the ball. <laughs> to him, you know, it's just not really his uh, his usual methodology. So um, I feel bad about t- calling the two Brighton lads big lumps. 
But you know what well, I mean? Not, I mean, they, they are big. They're big, but they're, they're situation. good. situation, that's all I'm saying. I feel bad, though, now. Because they, Brighton, were, Brighton were, I would say they were the better team, but they were slightly the better team. Yeah, well, I mean, at, that, at times, might, might not have four times Brighton's budget. Mm. You know, like they're, the, this game should not be a contest. Or if it is a contest where one team clings on and gets the penalties and wins the penalties, it, should, it shouldn't be the mm. giant team. You know, United should be winning this. United were obviously, the, the defence had a very patched together look, you know. Mm. But when you're down to, when, when Maguire is unavailable, suspended, mm. tactical suspension, <laughs> when he's unavailable, that's not necessarily weakening the lineup. You mm. know, with him, the way that he yeah. is at the moment and something is happening to him in every game, some awful thing is happening and mm. it feels like he's trapped in a nightmare. Yeah. I always feel, you know... That it's, it's actually just as well to have Luke Shaw. Yeah. I always, I always feel, you know, when an opposing player goes over to commiserate with the player who's just missed a penalty in the penalty shootout, I'm always like, that's... They don't want to see you, you know. But then I saw Harry Maguire going over to Solly March, giving him a pat in the head. Yeah. I, was, I can't imagine Solly March going, well... Big man. I'd still rather be <laughs> still rather be in my boots. <laughs> to be honest, over the course of the entire year, who's having a better time of it? Let's be honest. Yeah. Get chin up, mate, you know? Yeah, and uh, you know, the the I mean Brighton totally dominated the possession. You see the the way that De Gea was um just kicking everything along, you know, it was like no more of that nonsense. The Brighton, the Brighton fans have also I think gotten on to be fair. Yeah, we've we've seen enough from you. And it is actually interesting when you look at their um, situation under the Zerbi. I mean, I don't know how much longer the Zerbi is going to be there, but just looking at his impact on the team, it is actually crazy. And you could say, okay, he actually came into a, a, a good club. You know, the team mm. that had been left behind by Potter was in good shape. You know, uh, the defense was kind of sorted out to an extent. Um, and they'd signed some really good players, you know, guys like Matoma and Ferguson coming through. Mm. You know, things were, it was a good job to take. You know, his Google session that Graham Souness um, <laughs> mocked him for. I mean, looking up Brighton on the internet and checking out to see if, they're, if they were Some good. Some employers would actually appreciate that level of effort. Well, uh, you know, that's, that's, I think that's what, Souness, that's what Souness was kind of poo-pooing at the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is, if you remember when, uh, when De Zerbi actually took over at the end. Who's of, Brighton? Who's Roberto De Zerbi? It was like, this guy doesn't know our game. Yeah. And sure, and they, oh, they've been impressed with his knowledge of the club. He could have got that off to good Google. This is what Zuna said. Yeah, he he could, he's he's got a job interview. He spends a couple of hours on Google. That's not the work of a genius. So, so, but I think not what, doing the work though is also not the work. Yeah, but I think I think Zuna is just articulating there kind of a a contempt for the sort of clerical administrative world. Mm. You know, the whole yeah w- the whole world of the sort of office drone yeah. who looks things up on a computer to try and find information about a job interview. Whereas that we know that that's not really what football is all about. I mean, look at Julian Nagelsmann. That's a guy who knows what football is all about. I mean, he's, oh, he's obviously not really a football man. Mm. But his, the, he has withdrawn from the Chelsea uh, managerial search because it turns out they, they seem to expect him to want to go through a series of interviews as though he was applying to work in the civil service. Mm. You know? He's, he's got to do interviews. He's got to fill out forms. Disgraceful. He's, got to, he's, he's expected to compete for the job mm. with, a, with a bunch of other um, people. My record is there for all to see. Exactly. So if you want me, give me the yeah. job. And if you don't want me, stop wasting my time. Yeah. That's, that was, seems to be, have been the attitude that uh, Nagelsmann uh, took to Chelsea. Although Chelsea seemed to be putting out as well, sort of, well, we didn't really fancy him anyway, mm. you know. Our, we looked into him and uh, yeah. we weren't sure. 
<laughs> after he'd said, I'm not taking the job. <laughs> so, but I mean, that's, whereas, you know, this, this sort of idea of, oh, well, I'll, I'll check out, let's check out what the club is like. And then coming back, oh, I quite like the look of this club. Mm. Anyway, the point is, Brighton were in, in a pretty good place under Graham Potter. They are now a totally different team. You know, if you look at, at, at what, I mean, it's not just the results. Like, they've lost twice this year. One of them was Fulham. They, they lost to an 88-minute 1-0 mm. against Fulham, and nobody could explain what had happened. It was just one of those. Well, this is, we've all seen games where mm. the wrong team wins, mm. and this was one of those games. We're Ireland fans. Yeah. We've seen plenty of them. <laughs> the, uh, I'm talking about Luxembourg, not about, you know, wins that we oh, might have you were talking about us. Yeah. <laughs> um, but... I was really, and the other one was was the Tottenham game. You know, Tottenham beat them two one in what we have, um, you know, identified as the the best ever Spurs result. Mm. But also, <laughs> the referee the referees had to apologise to Brighton afterwards mm. for completely sabotaging like 18, the game, 18 destroying them. Yeah, the yeah. They, they they denied them like five goals. Right, so they just allowed three goals, which they could have allowed, yeah. and they ruled Penalty. out two penalties, yeah, which yeah. were obviously penalties. Yeah. So. Expected goals four point six, right? <laughs> and uh, they didn't. They uh, and I think I think Brighton still won the expected goals by a considerable margin, despite yep. the disallowals. So okay, so, so you're in a pretty good place. But also, I mean, it's even when you com- okay. So when you compare them to themselves, Potter, uh, the Potter Brighton, like Pep was talking about. Um, Potter uh, and and the Zerbi. Pep is like big on the Zerbi at the moment. You know, mm-hmm. he got he has he sort of goes through phases of having proteges. Like he had yeah. Tuchel was kind of oh this guy you know you're gonna mm-hmm. love with this guy. You don't hear that anymore. He doesn't talk about Tuchel anymore. Tuchel loses again by the way on the weekend. They lost three one to Mainz Bayern and now Dortmund are top of the league after losing four nil. Oh, we we can get to mm-hmm. them maybe at the end. But uh, he. Oh, obviously, Arteta is a protege of of Pep's, although mm-hmm. it's a bit awkward now that he's yeah. managing. You know, we we might. I, if, I feel like it's not going to be that awkward. I feel like <laughs> if City win, you know, big on Wednesday, we're going to hear a lot of praise of Mikel Arteta from Pep Guardiola, yeah. right? But uh, Deserbi went to visit him apparently at the start of the season and hung out with him a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. learning whatever uh, and so he's been very complimentary of him but um, compared it to Potter and said yeah the defensive uh, phase is basically similar but what they're doing with the ball is totally different with Potter the, the build up was all long balls and uh, Deserby doesn't do that I thought is that really true um, it's it is a little bit like they um, they were seven they were they were doing they were trying 77 long balls per game with Potter um, average 53% finding their target. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's down to like 65 and with 60% averaging. So it suggests that they're kind of playing higher probability long balls when yeah. they do. And it's a little bit down. But what what is the, the, the huge difference that you can't sort of not notice is, is the just the, the massive increase in the volume of passes that they play in a game. Which if it's any, if it's a kind of a an, an index to like how how much control do you have of the ball and how, how much can you do with the ball, you know, how to try and impose your game uh, in any given 90 minutes. Um, so they're doing, they, they're averaging 542 passes per game. So Potter, it was 431. So this is like a 25% increase, a more than 25% mm. increase, you know, that, that he's brought about. But that is, uh, so, so if you look at games where they really dominate, like say with Potter, they had 500 or more passes 10 times last season in the league, 10 out of 38 mm. matches, uh, and 600 or more passes on uh, on one occasion. 
So with Deserby, that's um, I think it's the last twelve matches in a row they've had more than five hundred passes. Um, they've had uh, that. That's happened eighteen times in twenty three of his in in the twenty three right. league so games. Just every game, basically. nearly every yeah, game, yeah. and then over six hundred passes seven times. Right, so they're really dominating to a degree mm. that they you know in about a third of their matches. Um, but also, if you compare them to sort of top teams, I mean, we'll leave City out of it because they're just in a different. Um, really uh, a different sort of stratosphere level to everybody else um, but um, and you know so 542 passes per game under the Zerbi 519 is Liverpool's equivalent number for this season um, Arsenal who are winning the or mm. leading the league if, uh, is 491 uh, Man United 429 Man United actually less than Potter Brighton yeah which is which I was surprised by um, when you look at how that's happened with Man United it's actually that there have been a, a few games this season where they've just got where they've 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 really been dominated yeah so actually their worst performance in this uh, aspect was when they beat Liverpool at Old Trafford early in the season I think mm. it was 197 that day like they wow. barely yeah. you know they won the game was it 2-1 3-1 I can't remember the exact score 2-1 I think 2-1 um oh. But they didn't. Uh, they they really barely had the ball. And so there's quite a f- there's a few games like that which bring the average uh, right down. Um, I guess I haven't seen the figures for yesterday's game, but I know that mm. they they got something. Anyway, the point is, Man United have won the game. <laughs> is the is the prize is to play against Manchester City? You know, is it a good prize? They get the chance to, you know. Yeah, I'd say. Man United's uh, pass total will be closer to 197 than it will be to 419. Well, that doesn't necessarily mean they're not going to win the match. I would say that having it closer to 419 would probably lessen their chances. But I do think that um, Guardiola will actually be happy to play them mm-hmm. rather than... Than Brighton. Yeah. He, I, uh, I really with Evan Ferguson that, as well. Well, if Evan Ferguson is fit, I mean, which mm-hmm. so he should be he should be fine, but I mean, it's assuming he doesn't mm-hmm. uh, get hurt again. So um, That's our cup final. Anyway, that, and obviously Man City won uh, pretty easily. Patrick uh, uh, by Mares. Vast swathes of Wembley empty. Yeah, and you know, I mean, you see City fans, because uh, this always happens now, you know, it's like, well, they played at Wembley, is it 19 times in 10 years? Yeah. And and people are, are posting like, oh, it, it costs this much for like petrol, this much for, you know, which is true. I mean, it's, it's, it's a lot like... Uh, mm. It's a it's a lot, but it's it's because it's the same group of people. It's because you know you, you you don't fill a stadium in London necessarily with Man City fans. Maybe in ten years, things keep yeah. going this way, then then you'll you'll start to see a kind of uh, you know a new generation res- a reserve a reserve group of fans. It's like oh, I can get a ticket for the game, great, you know, as as opposed to the, sort of the same long suffering mm. um, people. But uh, so are we okay? The Tottenham, yeah, I mean. It's the history of the Tottenham. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> well... It's really... I mean, that that was history-making, though, yesterday. That well, was, it, well, it was, because, I mean, I was watching it... I, I, I was watching the game live, and I've watched the first 20 minutes of this twice since, because I was like, this is, like, historic. What happened here? Like, <laughs> what, what happened? Apparently, it's the first time Spurs have ever been 3-0 down inside nine minutes. Mm-hmm. Um... It was not the first time anyone had been 5-0 up after 21 minutes or 22 mm. minutes. Man City had done this against Watford uh, in 2019, 5-0 after 19 minutes. Yeah. So, okay. Um, but 
it was still, I, I think it was the sixth time that someone had been 3-0 up inside 10 minutes in the history of the Premier League. Yeah. Um, but this was between two teams that started the day with the, no, not with, not with the same number of points, but if Tottenham had won the game, they would have gone ahead of Newcastle. Yeah. They're, they're now six points behind them, but if they'd won the game, they would have gone ahead of them, I think, on goal difference. Um, but I suppose this isn't necessarily the first. I mean, Tottenham lost 5-1 at Newcastle, if you remember, in the 2016 season, when they were actually very good under Pochettino. They just kind of... They just kind of quit in this yeah. in this uh, last game, but that was a, that was a bit different. Where there was a few goals run in in the last quarter of the game, like it was, uh, um, <clears throat> you know, it was uh, <clears throat> yeah. three three of the five were after the 70, uh, 70th minute. But but like this to be to be down by that number of goals that early in the game, it's just so like what what do we even do now? Like what do we? How do we? Like, we we've got to be here for like mm. at least another hour. And it's already like how it's just how bad can this can this get? So, yeah, because I mean, like at five nil down after twenty two minutes, I mean, there's literally nothing. That, you know, you actually have to you do actually have to play out the game here. You know what I mean? You can't just say, well, Newcastle will probably ease off here. I mean, there's no guarantee that Newcastle ease off. You know, there, yeah. there, like there was every chance that could have been nine nil. Yeah, <laughs> well, know? it could have been. Yeah, I mean, I suppose they they changed it a little bit because what what Tottenham did to start this game was Christian Stellini, who is for some reason their manager, mm. and this was the weekend when when uh, Paratici, their director of football, finally had to resign, accepting that his mm. his ban was his upheld. Ban. Ju- yeah. Juventus's uh, points were given back for now, but Paratici, his ban was upheld. Mm. Now, I, 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 I guess, like in the sort of technical sense it would have been awkward for Tottenham to sort of sack him or demand his resignation before the you know his appeal was heard Mm. you know there's always that sort of thing but at the same time like it does create this overriding impression of paralysis well our top guy the the guy who's supposed to be a top football decision maker is suspended uh, you know Mm. for uh, corruption and uh, and you know we've got a manager who's like the 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 assistant of the previous manager who who left or was sacked or obviously wanted to leave. Why is he still there? I mean, I don't understand that. It, it, you know, that just yeah. I mean, I guess to, if you want to understand it, apparently it has to do with saving money on the you know you, yeah. if you sack them you have to pay them up but uh, if you have them there I suppose you have to pay them but you all, I think they, they they should have looked at it as you also have to have them managing the team which is also a cost <laughs> you know what I mean that's another cost that Spurs are deciding yeah, yeah. to take on to avoid uh, this early payout so Christian Stellini decided um I mean, I'm, I'm sure I'm, I'm assuming that he's aware of some of the conversation that happens around Tottenham. And one of the things had been, why do we play this wing back system? It's it's so limiting. It's stale. It's you know, everyone's kind of everyone knows what we're going to do. We can't score. You know, we're struggling. To, we're mm. not really defending. Why don't we play fourth at back and it's you know better? You know, um, this has been a sort of a, a thing. Now Conte didn't want to do this. Conte's was like, well, we don't have the players to do that. And people were like, well, you know, we've got Emerson Royale and we've got, you know, Romero. And uh, um, and we had, they, they had at that time, I remember Rodrigo Bentancur, at the, mm. who, who's been injured. And that's been a really, yeah. it's been a terrible injury for, for Tottenham to have to deal with because he's a very important player. Um, as you could see, certainly in that game yesterday. But he decides, okay, all right, I'm going to do it. I'm going to. 
let's do it. This mm. is when Spurs achieve um, liftoff, Champions League liftoff. We're going to go to Newcastle. They're never going to be expecting this. I'm going to switch to a back four. I'm going to play 4-3-3. And we're going to Tottenham these guys. We're mm. going to glory, glory all over Newcastle United. <laughs> um, the, the, the back four that he picks has got Pedro Pora at the uh, right back. He's basically a winger. And they kind of turned him into a wing back. And now he's a full back. Perisic on the other side is the same. He's a winger. Can play wing back. Mm. Is going to play full back. And then in the middle, you've got two centre halves who, let's be fair, let's be generous and say, are more comfortable in a three. Mm. Being less generous is because they're both really slow. Just, just too slow play. I mean, Dyer particularly, but Romero is not, yeah. you know. So you've got two very slow centre backs and two kind of novice full backs. And you're going to Newcastle, who are hyped up. They've got they've had a terrible result against Villa recently. You know they need to get back on the horse. Um, it seemed to me the wrong moment to to pull out. They, they they hadn't played this way for more than a year since January last mm. last year. So, but but what happened from that point on? I mean, you can say, well, you know, this it's not like four three three is some like arcane system that. Like, uh, how could the players be expected mm. to deal with the informational overload of having to play four three three? But what really made the difference, I think, was just that they just couldn't win anything. Like, every single ball that was in any way marginal in midfield was bouncing in the air. There's a Newcastle player jumping to get there first. You know, ball played in the midfield. There's a Newcastle player who's reacting quicker than the Spurs player to get there. And it just ends up... Uh, you know, Newcastle kind of coming at them again and again. So the first goal was an aimless header by Dyer uh, to Pop Sarr, who's playing in midfield. Midfield was um, Heuberg, Skip and Sarr. And these, this was the worst. I mean, I've talked about the, the defence being kind of cobbled together. This was the worst uh, performing part of the team. Uh, Sarr gives it away. Uh, there's then a terrible uh, effort to defend. The ball comes across to Joe Linton, who just sort of starts dribbling. And then it's like, no one's challenging me mm. here. Like Romero sort of weirdly tr- shows him inside yeah. onto his right foot. Like R- Romero kind of s- adopts this strange stance. Yeah, and can't uh, can't move his legs and to he's a, he's move a, with the player trying to get You know what, he, he, he was defending like, and then not for the only time in the game, but it seemed as though he's kind of thinking, there's two guys behind me. You know what I mean? Yeah, the, yeah, I've got yeah. an extra player. I've got yeah. an extra I'll just man. show him into the, my reinforcements yeah, and there if, is no one there. If I, can, if I can only see one teammate to my right, like the, the right back poor, yeah. and that means there are two. So, you know, as though he was still thinking in that, in that way. So Joe Linton just sort of potters along the edge of the box and by this time almost the entire Newcastle team has been able to flood into the box because yeah. he's been on the ball for so long. Without any, and then he just has a shot, Loris um, palms it and it's a goal by uh, Murphy um, and that's like, oh no, you know, here we are we're two minutes in or three minutes and, and we were already losing this huge game. Oh, this wasn't the start we wanted. Uh, the second goal um Newcastle sort of tried to attack down the right and Spurs blocked that off. So it goes back to, I think, Cher. The, and Cher just, with, with Spurs sort of pushing across, we're going to press the ball. Cher just kicks the ball over, over. Sorry, Tottenham pushing mm. across, did I say Newcastle? Just kicks the ball over Tottenham's entire team to Joe Linton, who Parra just hasn't been mm. paying any attention to. Joe Linton is in. Parra was playing as if he was playing the role of the middle centre half in a back uh, three <laughs> instead of being <laughs> read the right back. Well, I mean, I suppose, you know, it's there's, there's always going to be a trade-off between sort of pressure on the ball and, I mean, there was a similar 
not not exactly similar, but something a bit like it happens in the Liverpool Southampton game when Southampton's goal, Nico Williams scored. Mm. Um, again, because Liverpool had, had pushed all the way over to one side, such that Andy Robertson, who was kind of in the Poro role, mm. uh, had... Um, he, he was almost like right of the D. You know, he was that mm. far across and there was nobody there to cover Nico Williams score the goal. But, you know, this is something that happens sometimes if you can spot it. You should still... You've got enough time to react to the ball, surely, that travels that yeah, far, yeah, yeah. you know, and, and it's something that you should be aware might might happen. I thought Joe Linton did really well. I mean, this is the, I'm, I'm focusing on Tottenham here, but, like, Newcastle played brilliantly. Mm. And Joe Linton, everything he did was, like, the, the timing of the run and then the control and around the goalkeeper was brilliant. Um... So that's uh, <laughs> we're now two 0 down. We're it's it's already turning into a kind of a joke performance, mm. um, and now what they're thinking is, oh, we've got to try and we we've got to settle. We've got to this has got to be. And and what they do is they just start playing it backwards. Like the third goal was Kulusevski dribbling backwards. Mm. You know, I'm going to dribble backwards now. I'm going to play a safe ball to Sar. Sar again. It's like I don't know what to do. Uh, I know I'll just turn sideways and pass the book here to Hoybjerg. And Hoiberg is like, well, I'm not really sure what to do in this situation, um, but the, the main thing to do is not to give it away. So I'll just turn around and give it to Eric Dyer, who's standing behind me, and, and there's no one near him. Uh, so uh, and, and every time these backwards or sideways passes are played, Newcastle are pushing further and further up. Mm. And so it comes to Dyer, and Dyer can maybe go to Perisic, but there's someone maybe blocking that. So he decides, well, the best thing I can do is now just get the ball as far away from my goal. Mm. Uh, and plays it forward to Son, who, if you if you look at Son before the ball's played, he's never expecting this pass. Mm. And just before the ball is played, he kind of gets a sense, I think he might be about to pass this to me. So starts to react. But by, by that time, it's already, uh, maybe it's uh, Bruno, I'm not sure which Newcastle midfielder, is reacting quicker. This is what they were doing this the whole time. Dyer plays the ball in the midfield. Newcastle get it, goes to Murphy, and Murphy just turns and <laughs> smashes it in. Lloris doesn't react at all. Mm. Reese is off at half time. Apparently, he's got a muscle injury, hip injury. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, something uh, in there. Yeah, he wasn't sure. He says we have to look at it today. It might be might be better for the next game. Yeah. But I mean, it it, it, it was an amazing shot by Murphy. Murphy then produces this meme face, an instant meme <laughs> face. Uh, quite pleased with his yep. second, his third goal of the season. I'm going to say a little surprised as well. Ah, there's an element of surprise in there for well, my namesake. I think he hit it the way he wanted to hit it. You know, it was like unbelievable, yeah. unbelievable strike. I, th- I think maybe the surprise came maybe towards the end of the journey of the shot, <laughs> if you know what I mean. Yeah, well, it was great. And at that point, you then had the scene of of um, Cellini, who's kind of looking a bit embattled on the sideline, and Ryan Mason, who's who's like, is he the is he the brains of the operation? I mean, Mason has has obviously been at uh, Mason is you know the Tottenham deep state. Yeah. Uh, he's like the the cabinet secretary of yeah. Tottenham. He's he's there. Permanent government. Yeah, he's the, ma- yeah. the man- managers come and go. Sir Humphrey Race, yeah, uh, yeah. Ryan Mason <laughs> is always there, and Mason is like whispering in the ear with his, with his hands, mm. talking to the ear of, of Stellini with his hands over his mouth. Stellini is like a sea captain, you know, in, mm. in storm tossed seas, yeah. looking out on the uh, at the uh, pitch. Mason, and you're sure it was an iceberg. Mason's yes, okay. standing yeah. behind him, that you know, talking. Yeah. Oh, boss, yeah. you got no, it. pretty really sure it was an iceberg. Yep. We need to do something. You know, yeah, we need yeah. to react. And uh, whatever it was he's saying, and Stellini's like, mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Mason um, finishes whatever he's saying and, and walks off. And Stellini continues to gaze out at the cruel seas of, of St. James's Park. And then he, then he suddenly turns around to say something more to Mason, but notices he's not there. 
And then, then rather than call Mason over to say whatever it was yeah, he'd yeah. say, he just sort of, oh, yeah, I'll just leave that. And <laughs> which I thought was, I don't know what you wanted to say to him, but obviously it wasn't that important. <laughs> but uh, so then it's like, okay, we've got to, what are we going to do? Tottenham, no, oh, Tottenham. Uh, Harry Kane actually could have scored at 12 minutes. Mm. And this is one of those moments where it's like, how, like, how big a beating is this? Re- obviously, it's a massive beating. It's mm. like a historic beating. But, like, is it one of those things where there's not really that much difference between the teams? Like, if it's a question of a couple of things, like, say Lloris reacts and isn't mm. able to save the shot, or say he, the first one he palms away, doesn't go straight to Murphy, you know, it could be one all at this point. You know, Kane mm. scores. And, well, that's a bit of a reach, let's be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But is it is it that big a difference? Um, you know, are Tottenham going to are Tottenham going to do anything? Um, the answer is no. Uh, again, what happens is, and, and this player ended up getting substituted off uh, Sar. Again, you know, he he's not whether he's just short circuiting in the game or he's just not really cut out for this. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it was, but but again, he's he gets the ball. He's got a little bit of time. He can play a ball out to the right. I guess it's Poro. He doesn't want to play it. He thinks maybe it's too risky. What if I if I give it away there? We're in trouble. So again, he turns around and passes the book to Hoiberg. He's like, here, you deal with this. Mm. And Hoiberg is like, what am I supposed to do with it? Remembering what happened to him the last time he was in this situation where he passed it mm. back. He decides, okay, this time I'm, I'm not going to make the mistake of passing it back to Dyer. And so he just lashes a kind of a crossfield diagonal ball in the vague direction of Kulusevski. Kulusevski now ha- has to go for this ball with Dan Byrne. Right, if you've seen Dan Byrne... He's a big lad. Right? He's a big lad. If there's one situation Dan Byrne, I think, is going to be happy with, it's like, here's Get a, the diag there's a big diag coming to me. Bird, yeah. Here's Kulisevsky. And Kulisevsky actually does, like, almost gets the ball. Mm. He, he tussles, he almost gets it, doesn't get it. Byrne manages to give it to Bruno uh, Gamares. I think it's Son who's kind of closing him down a little bit. But he takes a great touch and then passes it really quickly to Joe Willock, uh, Son is again now the closest player to Willock was the midfielder if you remember mm. the Tottenham midfielder over the other side of the pitch um, and Willock then produces this amazing ball like a, just a beautiful it's like mm. I can do anything but Joe Willock it was is like, an exceptional he's in an, pass he's in an I can do anything mode why don't I just try and hit this first time the outside of my foot uh, around the, around Dyer we know that Dyer's you know, if I get a, if I get a past him and around him he's not going to be a factor here uh, or was it actually Robert? Was it Romero who was one of their two mm. slow centre backs? And uh, again, Isaac then finishes it brilliant. If you look at how quickly he does it, like he couldn't have done it any more quickly. Like to control, touch, and then shoot, everything was perfect. Mm. So it's four 0 and you're like, and then the fifth goal. They were showing the Newcastle supporters celebrating, and basically cut to the game, and you just saw Isaac running in and scoring. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, well, this is this is nonsense. I mean, we've had too many crowd shots for colour here, and yeah, we yeah. actually don't know what's happened. I, this I, happens in GA games, but then there's usually about 50 scores in hurling games or whatever, you know? All I'm saying is, I'm sure the footage exists, but yeah. I've watched this. Uh, I watched it back... I, I rewound it. They don't. They they never at any point showed the the kickoff. Like I, I, what I was interested in is how do Spurs give it away this time? Yeah, yeah. It seems like uh, someone fouled someone just inside the Newcastle half. Newcastle got a free kick, and that's when they cut to show um, exultant scenes. Yeah, yeah. You know there was. <laughs> 
That's disbelief and delirium inside St. James's Park. There was an old woman running around with a black and white flag. I don't know if you saw, I'm not sure what point in the game that was, but she was like running. There's a famous scene of supporters doing that at Mexico 86. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It was the same thing, except with this like 70-year-old woman. <laughs> Uh, being uh, cheered on by the whole crowd. And why wouldn't she, sure? Uh, but then, um, so, so again, I, I don't know who gave it away this time. I mean, obviously, it happened almost immediately. Uh, then Newcastle just came down. Right. And, and this is like the funniest one, almost. Funniest is not, the, is not the right word. But just to see, I've never seen a team play as badly for 10 seconds as Tottenham at this moment mm. because every player is just seems to be almost spinning on the spot like what what is going on like I don't know where to go I don't know what to do they're just not getting anywhere close to Newcastle just sort of passing the mm. ball to each other Spurs players are like oh should I go this way sort of turning the wrong way um, no one's getting close to anybody uh, ball in then Isaac and then just scores again Isaac again you know like Lloris was really nothing again what's the point in even mm. complaining at, at this point about Lloris but so it's five nil, and then you're like, "Well, this is, this is like one of those. No one's going to forget about this for a long mm. time, you know. This is like, and then, and and again, I look at all Tottenham fans are all. This is, you know, Conte was right about us. <laughs> no, it's so, oh, it's so grim. Yeah. Um, but but it's over to, back over to uh, Stellini and Mason, and now there's furious activity going mm. on. And what I loved particularly was the. Um, one of the, I, I can't remember actually was it, whether it was Mason or another kind of member of staff mm. who's got like an iPad and is furiously going through uh, the instructions uh, for the substitute, Davinson Sanchez, who himself was subbed on and subbed off in a recent game yeah. um, and was getting hammered for it, for, for a bad performance. Uh, and it's just like kind of furiously going through these instructions, like all, all of the, th and you know, Sanchez is just sort of standing there going, okay, I'll, I'll do what I can. And they took mm -hmm. off Papsar. And at that point, well, from that point on, they drew one all. Certainly one way of looking at it. They drew the game one all. Harry Kane scored. And, and, and okay, finished the 6-1 with Harry Kane scoring. You, you listen, if you'd offered... Uh, Stellini 6-1 after 23 minutes he'd have taken your hand off well he would have he, would, <laughs> he I mean, definitely they, would have they, and that, that was what they did I mean in answer to the question what do you even do yeah. the answer is try to play at the game without conceding another yeah. five goals yeah. and that's literally what they did they, they, they went back to uh, their three at the back took off uh, Sar, uh, put on Sanchez Tried to contain and Newcastle. I, I was looking at go, go, I was looking at Newcastle, thinking, why are you not taking off Bruno Gimaraes? He's he's like obviously injured. Mm. Remember, uh, Bruno had an ankle injury earlier in the season. Um, it looked like oh maybe he's going to miss the the League Cup final because mm. of this. You know, and he got back. Yeah, yeah, but I think he's been struggling a little bit with that. It, whenever I see him, he always seems to have. There, there's always a moment in the game where he's like, oh yeah. my ankle, ah. And, uh, the, you know, in this game, he was uh, visibly hobbling at times, I thought. I mean, he's, he's still he, he still played really well. I think he's mm. definitely, maybe he's Newcastle's best player. I mean, there's a few players. I think Isaac is, is really mm. coming, uh, showing how, how good he, he's got the potential to be, you know, if he can stay fit. Botman, obviously, been really good all season. We've talked endlessly about Pope, mm. um, you know. Even the you know Joe Linton has been great, but Bruno has has been real such a quality. Think you got why don't you protect this guy? And yeah. Eddie Howe's just standing there like if he dies, he dies. <laughs> you know he's just like, you know we're gonna need sacrifice. And, and I'll tell you, 
It's un- like every single time I've looked at the Premier League table, Tottenham have been fifth, and they're still fifth. I have I have no idea how it's, it's happening. Unbelievable! I've just I've never experienced anything like it in my life. <laughs> it's like just Tottenham immovable. win fifth, Tottenham lose, still fifth. It's true. I think it might be about to change. I feel like Aston Villa's rem- uh, uh, relentless physicality are going to is going to yeah, take care. Yeah, I of think that could be a problem. But it's just it is amazing the mess that they've made of it, and oh. and and they've been in such a good position as well. If you think about when when Conte left. It was the international break, right? So since then, they've played four league games, Everton, Brighton, Bournemouth, Newcastle. They actually won the most difficult one of those against, we've mentioned uh, Brighton. Um, They drew with Everton, they lost to Bournemouth 3-2, and they lost, obviously, 6-1 to Newcastle. You know, with different results in these games, they're going to, they're they're probably going to get Champions League football. What I mean is, Conte left. It wasn't a, a typical situation where managers left because everything is kind of collapsed and they're and they're screwed. Yeah. And it's just like get Ryan Mason in, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, give it Ryan Mason till end season. They actually were in position they where they had something to play for. Like, yeah, they really yeah. did. They yeah. really did. And they didn't do anything. Is it because Fabio Paratici is the only person who can make a football decision? Because yeah. because uh, is it because old um, Levy doesn't want to? be associated with any he doesn't want to have his fingerprints on mm. the next disastrous appointment um, whatever whatever the reason they didn't make a decision this is a non-decision to have Stellini still there they've wasted now the rest of the season like they've, they've wasted a great chance they've, they've, they've cost themselves a fortune right by not by not making yeah. that the odds were maybe against them anyway but like they were in a chance they, they had a chance and now I don't think they have a chance anymore and it's just been a, such a run of of mistakes, really, by by their chairman. Um, I don't know when. I don't know how far back even you want to go. Like I, I. The, it seems increasingly to me that he's made like one. Re- if you if you disregard the fact that Tottenham now have like maybe the best club stadium in the world, mm. right? Which is a significant achievement, um, no doubt. Uh, that's that's a kind of a big. Development in the history of the history of the Tottenham, the Tottenham yeah. and you have to credit Levy. Although Levy will get paid for that, you know he already has, and it's it's increasing the capital value of the club. Whenever Tottenham ultimately is sold, Levy will be a very rich man. So you know it's, he didn't just mm. do it selflessly to build Tottenham up. Um, but I, I kind of feel as though appointing Riccio Pochettino was like the luckiest accident that they've had. Two two really lucky accidents actually. One of them is that Tim Sherwood. Put Harry Kane in the team. Yeah, you know, I don't know why necessarily. Just because he was like, you know, he's he's one of our own. Yeah, but like, it wasn't immediately obvious that Harry Kane was going to like be the best striker in the Premier League for the next mm. few seasons. You know, but he put him in, gave him a chance. So by the time Pochettino came along, it was like this guy Kane is actually going to be. We think he, he's going to be really good, and he kind of was was in that team from the start, and they, um, obviously had a few um, great years. Um, but I don't feel as though Levy appointed Pochettino because he saw something in in what Pochettino was doing that made him think this guy could be brilliant for Tottenham. I think he just appointed him because it was like, who's the manager in the Premier League who's doing best over the last season who who might join Tottenham? Mm. And that was the process. That was the talk well, process. Maybe that's being a little unfair. No, it's not being unfair. Being unfair because look what he does after that. He goes from Pochettino to Jose Mourinho. Mm. And I, I think he just hired Jose Mourinho because he's like, oh, wow, Mourinho's out of a job. That means he might work for Tottenham. Mm. 
you know, I, 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 the, there's no there's no similarity between Pochettino and, and Mourinho yes. in in terms of their ethos or what they're what they're going to do. Um, so if if Pochettino had been like a a thought through decision rather than just who can I get who's good at the moment, hmm. then you would have expected someone a bit more like him to follow him. But it was it was Jose, something totally different. And then when when Jose's gone, it's Nuno. Nuno Spirito Santo for like a five minutes until he decides, oh, there's someone more famous is available, Conte. And then Conte, I mean, again, we, we don't have time to go into that, what, what happened there. I think it's surprising how badly it went, you know? But now it's like, where are the, where are the ideas? Like, what, what are they going to do? Like, I mean, if Tottenham were to hire a manager now, which they obviously have to do, who, who should it be? I mean, by the Pochettino logic, what he will do now is go and beg Roberto De Zerbi to take the job. Thank you, thank you, football. Because <laughs> Deser- that guy, Deserby is like the, the like where Pochettino was when he was the Southampton manager. You know, he's yeah, yeah. kind of in that in that zone. Yeah, yeah, and, and but I don't think Deserby's going to be interested in that job. Mm. You know, I just feel as though he might think, well, just the way things have gone there. Yeah. So, so as to what they're going to do, I don't, I, I really don't know. It reminded me a lot of this of the Stoke uh, Liverpool. Remember this, the Stephen Gerrard's mm. last game for Liverpool. It, it was a similar pattern: a six-one away defeat. Um, it was five-nil at half time. Uh, Gerrard scored as Kane scored mm. um, the kind of not consolation goal, the joke goal yeah, that yeah. actually almost made it worse. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so, is he in that? Uh, you know, Jared obviously left Liverpool then, and Liverpool, uh, surprising, surprising everybody, regenerated quite quickly. They managed yeah. to hire a good manager the following season during club, which means you know there's there's always space for Tottenham to bounce back a little bit here. But as to what Harry Kane's got to do, I, I think if I was him, I'd be tempted to say. I'm staying. I'm not leaving. <laughs> I can't walk away after something like this. I don't, I don't know what he's going to yeah. do, but it's 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 a tough situation. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. We've got that bit better quality. We've just got to make it count. It might be a knob end. Is it too much to ask? In 91st minute, that wins it. So basically, like, any chance you train, I don't know, Roy said something under his breath about Johnny or something. You're always on the team until never fuck. Roy is Roy, isn't he? I'm sure there's lessons to be learned by everybody. And how did just go, Roy, I'm not speaking to you like this, like, you know, I'm not listening to you. When I got the sack at Sheffield United, the, the only guy that spoke to me was Roy Keane. I'll never forget that. And I thought that was a bit of class. We've got that bit better quality, and we've just got to make it count. You called me it might be a knob end in 91st minute that wins it. Uh, a tweet here before you finish from uh, Marcus O'Callanon. 
Is Theo Walcott the first player to do a non-celebration celebration against his former team only to then go back to the former team and do a non-celebration celebration for them against a team he had previously scored against them for? Layers upon layers at second captains. Uh, did he? Oh, he, he didn't he celebrate did. scoring at Southampton for Arsenal and then and he didn't then, celebrate scoring against Arsenal. Unbelievable. Well, in fact, it, was a bit, it was a bit... We're all playing checkers. That man's playing, playing chess. It was, a, it was a bit... Oh, now you do it, Theo. Yeah. Oh, finally you turned up <laughs> in a title decider. Full on, uh, you know, I, like real hatred there. Uh, that's yeah. pretty much it, Ken. I want to thank you uh, most dearly for your efforts today. It's been truly an honour to see your work up close. You inspire me every day with your work ethic and your constant good humour around the office. Gormagath asked the quidjibra in you. Gormagath, thank you. Thank you very much for listening. Owen will be back in the hot seat on the World Service tomorrow. And don't forget, the second half of the podcast is part of the Simon, give it to me from the back. Acast. Creator Network. The Acast Creator Network. Correct. Captain's World Service. It is not war and death and famine. It's not that at all. It's the opposite of that. It's to persuade the world outside of that. That's why sport's important.